Hey, we'd like to welcome you this morning to worship at Shades Mountain Baptist Church. Uh, This morning is going to be a little bit different. Uh, Today, we call it uh, Live Scent Sunday. And uh, the reason we're calling it Live Scent Sunday is it is uh, based on the things that we have been doing at the first part of this year. In January, we shared with you a next chapter, sort of the new vision for our church. And it was all based on our mission statement, uh, which is sending transformed people to influence their world for Christ, sending transformed people to influence their world for Christ. And the first part of that mission statement is the word sending. And it is that all of us, when we become believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to be sent. Uh, If you look at Matthew chapter 9, it talks about that in the midst of Jesus' ministry that he traveled uh, through all the towns and the villages. And as he traveled through those towns and villages, when he saw the people, it said that he had a compassion. uh, And there was a compassion in his heart. And and he, he reached out to the people and he hurt for the people. And he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. But yet he also saw them as a plentiful harvest. And so he looked at those that were his followers around him, and he said, you need to pray to the Lord of the harvest, and that he would call out laborers because the harvest is plentiful. And so their first response was that they were to pray for those to go and to harvest this plentiful fruit. If you go to the very next chapter, he took that large group of followers, he narrowed it down to 12 disciples. And when he narrowed it to 12, the very first thing he he told them was, now I'm going to send you out. So the same thing that you were praying for, now you will be sent out. And so over those next few years, these disciples were going around, they were preaching and teaching the kingdom of God, and they were healing the sick, and they're doing everything that Jesus had done and everything that Jesus had told them. And then at the end of Jesus' ministry, he went to the cross. And when he went to the cross, he took the sins of all the world, the sins uh, for you and for me, placed them on his shoulders, and died for our sins and paid that penalty. But then he was taken from the cross, placed in a tomb, and three days later, he was raised from the dead. And when he raised from the dead, he conquered sin and he conquered death, and he took care of our sin problem and gave us the opportunity to come into a right relationship with God. And when he appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, one of the first things he said to them was, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. They're being sent. And so that New Testament church began with them being sent. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says that you're to be my witnesses. And he says you're to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And so he explained uh, the extent of this great commission of sending people out. And so we as a church are challenging all of our members to be live sent. And that means that our life is to be one that is on call, on go. And every day of our life, in the sphere of influence in which God places us, we are to be live sent. And that strategy is the same as Acts 1.8. And that is that we are to be right here in our community and then in our city and in our continent and also in the world. And so today in this service, we want to talk to you about what has been taking place uh, over the last eight to nine months as we presented this to our church and to see the progress that we have made in Live Sent. And then at the end of this service, we want to give you an opportunity to sign up to be involved in some of these uh, mission endeavors, different ways to be Live Sent, uh, especially here in our community. And you also see some things in the city and on the continent and also around the world. 
And so in our uh, presentation today, we are going to start with the world. And then we'll go down from the world, go down to the continent, then to our city, and then into our community. But the very first thing I'd like for you to look at is a video that we have, uh, which is sort of tying a bow on a project that our church has been involved in since 2009. And so over these uh, six, seven years of working in, uh, in Ajloon, Jordan, right there in the Middle East, uh, you will see that we have been investing uh, a lot of both money and also people who have done construction work and also people, teams that have gone in to do teaching and ministering and training for those uh, that come from five different countries there in the Middle East. And in this conference center, uh, it's an interesting story in that before we got there, they were probably having about two conferences a year, probably about enough people that would be in our choir loft for one whole year that would come out to this center. And now since 2009 is where we stand today in 2017, they uh, have got the facilities to a point to where they'll have about 50 conferences a year and over 5,000 people a year are coming through this conference center that are doing training and ministering to take the gospel there throughout the Middle East. And so we have a video that we'd like for you to look at and, uh, and, and just take it in, the things that our church has been able to do to make Ashloon Conference Center become a reality. God is doing a new thing in our world today. He's bringing people groups from the far corners and edges of our world to the mega cities. And the IMB is poised to take advantage of the opportunity to engage in these cities that have now gone over 50% globally in urbanization. This is truly a Kairos moment where we have an opportunity to engage people groups and bring in a harvest that has been closed to us in the past because we weren't able to get missionaries into those cities. The IMB is uh, basing this, this new ministry on the premise that they can bring in teachers to serve at international schools. They can bring in professors to serve at uh, universities. They can bring in medical professionals, and they can also bring in financial analysts. Uh, perhaps you could take your uh, retirement, first several years of re your retirement, and uh, serve with an IMB team in one of those cities, or you could go as a graduate student or even an undergraduate student. Many countries now are giving full rides to American university students to come and work uh, in, and, and serve in their cities. This is an opportunity for us to engage in these cities like never before. And we're going to be focusing on five of them, particularly one. Uh, the first one is Shanghai over here, and then moving down to Southeast Asia, Kuala Lumpur, and then in South Asia in Mumbai, and in the Middle East, Dubai, and then in London. And London in particular is a place where we want to begin to focus as a church, as Shades Mountain. We're going to be meeting with the leader of the London team and beginning to develop strategies to reach London. You know, one of the most difficult things of doing this and getting out of your comfort zone is taking that first step. And so, uh, today, I want you to hear the story of Rush and Tori Letson as they began to take that first step toward taking their first trip overseas. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to ask you a few questions about your experience and taking that first step of faith. And uh, Tori, when you began to feel like the Lord was leading you this way, were you just like gung-ho and all in from the beginning? 
Well, I wish I could say that I was. Um, unfortunately, I wrestled with the Lord for a few weeks before deciding to be um, submissive to his, to his plan. Um, first and foremost, I was concerned about leaving my children um, for 10 days. Um, I'd never left them for that amount of time, and I was worried that I wouldn't be able to handle it and that Rush would not be able to handle it. Um, secondly, I was concerned about the cost of the trip. I didn't know if we could come up with the resources in such a short amount of time to, to pay for the trip, and, and that would mean that we would forego our family vacation, and I wasn't sure even if we could come up with the funds if I was willing to spend it on a mission trip. Um, and finally, I was I was probably most nervous that um, that I would lose my life in traveling or in some capacity, as silly as it sounds, um, that I would leave my three kids without a mother. Um, and those fears really paralyzed me for a few weeks. Yeah. Well, as, as you told your story, you, you shared an experience you had one evening after putting the children down for bed, and, and you had some time on the couch to talk together. Now, Rush, would you tell us a little bit about that conversation? So I had watched uh, Tori wrestle with the Lord for a few weeks, and we were coming to the point where he had to make a decision. And so one night we got the kids in bed, and we sat down on the couch, and we just addressed each issue one by one. Um, and with every, every solution I came up with, she came up with another, another excuse. And we finally got down to the main reason that she was struggling, and that was, you know, what if I die on this trip? Mm-hmm. And I told her, well, God's in control of that, and if he decides that your time on earth here is is done, then he's also got a plan for our kids because he loves our kids more than we do. And we knew after that conversation that obedience to the Lord meant that Tori was going to Moldova. Wow. That's some heavy discussions there. As you uh, were in Moldova, you had some preconceived ideas about what it might be like. And and then tell us what you really learned as a result of that trip and then what came out of that later. Well, the scripture the Lord used... um to um, cause me to be submissive to his plan was from Matthew six twenty one. for where your treasure is there your heart is also and through his scripture I realized that all of these things all of these fears um, leaving my children and um, finances and comfort had become idols in my life and so um, it was through that that I was able to to be obedient and and lay those idols before his throne so while I was there in Moldova, I got to see that scripture lived out through Vitali and then later Oleg, because they have um, they have lived out an obedient life before the Lord. They have committed their lives when they could easily pack up their families and and leave and go to a more comfortable place to live. And so um, I got to see that live lived out truly through them. And um, it was then that I realized that it wasn't just a 10-day mission trip, that this was something that the Lord was calling us to do more with. And um, so long story short, Rush and I have started a nonprofit that um, partners with Turlock Missions. And we just seek to um, educate and um, teach people, uh, give them the awareness of the needs in this country. Um, And we have a table in the lobby that we would love for you to come by and see us at where we can share with you more about what the Lord is doing and has done through this ministry. We're thankful you said yes and that God is doing a wonderful thing in Moldova now through your ministry that carries on even though while you're still here in the States. So thank you. Well, you've heard us uh, talk about the world. Now we'd like to talk to you a little bit about the continent. 
And uh, when we look at Live Scent in the continent of North America, uh, we are working with the North American Mission Board, and our vision is tied to a lot of the things that North American Mission Board is doing. So the first thing I'd like for you to see is taking a look at North America. The way the North American Mission Board breaks it up is it breaks it into five different regions. It has a northeast region, has south, and it has midwest and west, and it has Canada. And they are suggesting, encouraging there to be church plants in each one of those regions. Uh, Our commitment is that over these next 10 years, that every year we will be involved in a church plant in all of these regions. So there'll be all all these five regions, we will be invested in a church plant, investing people, investing resources, and working with church planters to do that. We'll be in a partnership, and sometimes they could last for three years, and when that partnership ends, then uh, we will look for another church in that region. But we will constantly be in these five different regions planting churches. So let me tell you where we are in 2017 and let you know some of the church planters. In Miami, we have two different church plants that we support. First of all is Christ Centered Church with Derek and Lindsay Allen. And the second church is The Pulse with Todd and Michelle Peterson. Uh, Then moving up there, this is Huntsville. It's not one of our larger cities in all North America, but we love the work that's being done there. And Tim and Kristen Miller uh, are a part of Essential Church. He's the pastor there, and they are going into the downtown area of Huntsville to where we're seeing incredible growth and this great church plant taking place. When you look up to New York City, we are the lead church in Southern Baptist Convention for New York City, and we have a number of church plants that we're working with. Uh, In the Brooklyn area, we have the Park Slope Community Church with Sterling and Jenna Edwards, and then also in Manhattan, we have the Cross Church with Drew Griffin. If you come back to Brooklyn, we've got the Bridge Church with James Roberson and Josh Edney, and then uh, there in Queens, New York, the Global Mission Church will Sylvanus, and Sylvanus is uh, from Nepal, and so there in Queens, there's a large gathering of, of uh, uh, Nepali people, and he's doing a ministry right there to reaching them for Christ. And then on the campus of Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, we have the Ethnos Church with Yukon and Yin Yin Chu, and they've got a multi-ethnic church that they're pastoring there. And then we would also move to Burlington, Vermont, up there in the northern part, and uh, Kevin Pounds and Burlington City Church, he and Kristen, uh, are providing leadership for that church. And then keep moving a little bit further over here, you're into Toronto, and uh, we're at the church with Starting Point Church with Mike and Tanya Hauser, uh, leading that incredible fellowship. One of the newer church plants that we just started this year is in Indianapolis, and uh, there we've got Yale and Autumn Wall, it's called Living Faith Church, Uh, it's right there with a college campus, and you'll hear a little bit more about them in just a moment. And then out to the far west, we've got a church starting in Tucson that we've just partnered with, and it's the Aspire Church with Brian Hook. And so you see these church plants that we're involved in, and uh, we'll be taking people there. We're investing resources, and we're just excited to be able to help these church planters. So one thing in our continent, Live Scent, is working in those churches. But the second part of our continent strategy is that in the North American Mission Board, they have 32 SEND, S-E-N-D, not SEND, S-I-N, but S-E-N-D, SEND cities. And these are major metropolitan areas. And uh, it is told that about 85% of the populations live in our major cities in the United States. And so you need to reach the cities, you reach the cities, then you reach the country. So we've identified 32 
send cities. And what we would like to do over the next five plus years is to do ministry in every one of those cities, in all 32 of those cities. And so, uh, so far, with about nine months into 2017, let me tell you the cities that we have done ministry in and the cities that we have uh, sort of checked mark off and that we have completed some work in. First of all, Washington, D.C. We've had a team that went to Washington, D.C. and uh, and has done ministry there. And uh, and you're probably going to hear some more coming down the road of some other work we'll do there. We've had a team that went to Toronto, Canada for our second city. We've also had a couple of teams that went to Miami and did ministry there. We've also had a team that did ministry in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. And then we had a team that will be leaving in November to do ministry in Tucson, Arizona. So a part of our work is where we send missionary teams. Another part of our work is sometimes we will send people that will work in that city for a, a particular time. And one of those is Brittany uh, in New York City. Uh, Brittany Martin has, uh, for our church this summer, she was what's called a Gen Sin missionary in New York City. And so by the summer, she was investing her life in New York City. And then we also encourage our people to be praying that maybe God is leading you to take your business, your talents, your skills, and to leave Birmingham and to go to one of these other cities. And when you go to one of these other sin cities, you take your business there, and then you also connect with the church planner. And that happened just a few months ago as the Andrews family went to Columbus, Ohio. And as the Andrews family goes there and gets settled in, they have already connected with the church planter there in Columbus, Ohio, and are locking arms with him in order to do ministry there. So that's where we have our sin cities, and we've already got a number of them covered. And each year, our goal is to try to go to different sin cities and do ministry there. Now, two of those trips we talked about were in Indianapolis and also in New York City. And we had two teams that went, and uh, we want you to hear from them and learn a little bit about the trip that they took and uh, see the things that took place within those mission trips. We're so glad to have you guys. Uh, this is uh, Mike and Haston Hill, and they went to Indianapolis. And one of the things that drew us to Indianapolis was the, um, their mission field, their ministry area is, is sort of new, unique. Can you, you describe that, Mike? Yeah, they, uh, they serve uh, college students at IUPUI, which uh, is Indiana University, Purdue University. It's kind of a tongue twister. <laughs> but uh, they also serve a community, a lower income community, uh, probably about a mile away from the campus, and that's where their church is. Uh, and uh, it's called Hallville. Well, it is, um, it, it's a unique area to try to reach. And so I, I believe the first um, uh, emphasis y'all had was to try to work with the college students. And so, Hasten, I think you got involved in that. So tell us a little bit about what y'all did for the students. We made a lots of cookies for students who write their room numbers down on a piece of paper at a follow-up party uh, for Living Faith. And when we had all the cookies done, we went to the, their dorms at IUPUI, and we handed out the cookies um, at the doors uh, who wrote their room numbers down. And so as you were knocking on those doors, you were inviting them to come to the church and giving them some cookies, huh? Mm -hmm. Did you give the cookies or eat the cookies? Both. Okay, good. All right. That's good. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> Mike? <laughs> 
You know, one, one neat thing about, uh, about this was uh, Yale challenged us, our class, because they were our GIC missionaries. Uh, he wanted us to make cookies, uh, like Haston said, a follow-up. And our class really stepped up and, and made cookies. It wasn't just that we went to the cookie store and bought cookies. The women in our class, some of the men, not all the men, but uh, stepped up and made probably about 800 cookies. That's great. And uh, Preston took those up there. I won't tell you how many they ate on the way up, but <laughs> it's just a great opportunity if you can't go on a mission trip, but to be a part of serving. You can serve. Well, they also have some challenges on Sunday morning. Uh, tell me a little bit about what Sunday morning was like at their church. Yeah, they... Um, they were renting a, uh, a little building. It was a barbecue place, and the, and the owner wanted to sell that. So they had to find a place, and so it kind of happened that this summer they, were, they decided to meet outside. Uh, so this summer they found a little green space, and uh, that's kind of where they've done church. And I don't know if you've ever seen church in a box, but it is an amazing thing. Yale pulls up with his truck in an enclosed trailer, and the doors open, and out comes the church, the tents, the chairs, the sound equipment, the microphones. Michael Adler would not be happy. <laughs> but, I mean, it is just amazing to see what goes on. And, and also the fact that while they're setting up, it takes about an hour and a half to do that. Uh, they go out and canvass the neighborhood of, of Hawville and, and just knocking on doors and asking people to come and worship. And, well, uh, you know, we we had a little bit of a, a air problem of uh, a while back, and we were feeling like we had to fan ourselves. How would you like to be uh, in the Midwest in the middle of the summer meeting under a tent? And that's where they were meeting. So uh, we thank you all for the work that you did there. And to go to another area, to New York City, and working with uh, RC and working with, with Sylvanus up there. Um, Jenny, tell me a little bit about uh, one of the first things he asked you to do when you all got there. Well, one of his main outreach opportunities is to have a pizza party. So we set up between the pizza parlor and the subway and just handed out invitations to the pizza party. Then he wanted us to go to a parks. So we split our team up and one team went to a soccer field where they were having little league games, handing out waters and inviting more pizza pe people to the pizza party. Then the other team went to another park and did face painting and crafts and activities and games and we continued to hand out invitations to the pizza party. So we were beginning to get concerned that 100 150 people were going to show up to this pizza party. And he said, it'll be great. It'll be great. <laughs> so we go to the parlor, and like 15 people come. So we split up and try to have conversations, and somebody made a decision right there in the pizza parlor Amen. to accept the Lord. Amen. Well, you know we're shades, and between cookies and pizza um, <laughs> and then restaurants, uh, there was an interesting uh, thing that Sylvanus does because he is one of, the most, one of the boldest people I know in sharing his faith and interacting with people. And I think, Matt, you encountered that a number of times with oh, him. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a great blessing to see him at work in that community, just the way people respond to him. Um, it's amazing. There's a Nepalese restaurant that he insisted that we, that we try, and it, it, was, it was good. Um, got through, he gathered the group together and uh, brought the owner over, who's not a Christian, and asked if we could pray for him, pray for his business, uh, and we did. And uh, everywhere we went, it was like that. The pizza, uh, pizza dinner we had, same deal. He, uh, there's just a boldness, a confidence about him. If you've ever met him, he, he's humble, he's quiet. 
But when it comes to, to the good news uh, and living scent, he's bold. And I think you were telling me that almost every restaurant y'all went, he would call the people in and say, we want to pray for you. And you became the designated prayer. Is that correct? <laughs> you were the guy. Okay. Man, once he locked into Matt, that was it uh, on there. So if you're eating dinner anywhere, you need someone to pray, Matt's trained uh, for that. What was so great about, uh, one of the great things about this trip was uh, we took seven from the Chinese ministry, was that right? So seven from our Chinese ministry went, and so uh, David, uh, you had an opportunity to go, and, and I know you enjoyed it, but there was a special service that y'all had uh, kind of near the end that really spoke to your heart. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, one morning, um, we have a, a worship service at uh, Salomon's church, and uh, at the end of the service, uh, we sang um, the hymn, uh, How Great Thy Art, uh, simultaneously in three different languages, wow. Chinese, English, and Nepalese. And uh, at the end of the service, uh, a young uh, Nepalese um, uh, accepted Christ as his uh, personal savior. Um, and then we, again, we uh, pray for him simultaneously in our native language. Uh, it was a uh, unforgettable worship treat uh, to be able to work with uh, RC. Uh, it was a privilege and joy. Oh, man. Amen. So between pizza parlors and singing how great they are, we've seen decisions for Christ being made. Well, let me just ask one final question. What is your biggest takeaway, Mike, from uh, your mission trip? Well, I mean, Danny, you challenge us as a congregation to live sent. And... Um, uh, it's just a, a neat opportunity to go and take a, a child with you to serve. Uh, I had an opportunity to take uh, my sixth grader to Seeker Springs and uh, <laughs> had an opportunity to take Haston. And it's just, I mean, it's something neat when you get an opportunity to go with your kids. They get an opportunity to get outside of Vestavia and see what other, other churches look like, other opportunities to serve. It's just, I, I encourage you to do it. Amen. And David, what was your biggest takeaway from that? Um, it was a real uh, humbling experience. And uh, God helped work through you, um, Jeremy, and your staff. And um, as a matter of fact, a lot of food work has done for all the mission trips. So I encourage uh, this congregation to make use of the opportunity and uh, obey God's commission uh, be the hands and feet for Christ. Amen. Thank you. Let's give a big hand for these folks over here. Thank you all. What a great story from Urban Purpose of what God is doing in our city. And obviously, when we talk about shades in the city, we think about one of our number one partners, Christian Service Mission. Tracy Hitz is here with us to talk a little bit more about that. And Tracy, um, often when people think about CSN, they think about resources, materials, projects. But I want you to talk a little bit about the relationships that are being formed for the gospel in our city. Yeah, the last seven years at Christian Service Mission, we've been building relationships in our city, cross-cultural with churches to, to, to bridge the gap between churches in our city so that we can build healthy relationships. We have 22 of those relationships now with a goal of 40 by the year 2020. Absolutely. And then those overflow, obviously, into the community, seeing homes being built, seeing people's lives be turned around. But not only that, um, recently you had an opportunity to help us locally mobilize nationally through disaster efforts, uh, both out in Houston, down in South Florida, and then even some folks coming to the Birmingham area to seek refuge. Talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, it's, it, you got to follow the story of how it all works. So 
So I get a call from Felicia, who, need, who has a church from, called Right Direction Church, uh, Dr. Bryant from Tallahassee, Florida, who's running, and their church is running away from Irma, and they need a place to come. So they call Shades, Shades calls me, and then we call one of our local partners, Truvine and Tarrant, and say, can you house this group that's coming up from Florida? Absolutely. This is on a Friday. Saturday, we meet at 10 o'clock to talk about the plans of how to do this. At 10 o'clock, we meet. Felicia and I and their team, we meet, and we're walking around, and there's 25 people already serving around the organization. Two weeks ago, they had planned to clean up the facility, preparing it ready. The preacher's sermons are all on love and serving the community. Now this group shows up, and we show up too. And so we began to talk about all the needs, and we're just talking about all the needs that are, and we had just given out from Christian Service Mission everything we had for, for Houston, and we, were, we didn't have nothing. As we were talking at 10 o'clock, by 12 o'clock, uh, on the way back to the building, I got a couple phone calls. One phone call was from a, a group from Maine whose truck had broken down, taking relief supplies to Florida, and they had delivered it to our warehouse. Another group had, was loading up a truck to go to Houston, and they had too much weight on the truck. And they called me, and they said, we have too much weight on this truck. Can you take it? I said, where are you? They said, on Tallapoosa, one mile from True Vine, where we're going. I said, come to this church and unload 1,800 pounds of food. By the time we got back to the warehouse, this is not a lie. Everything that was brought to the warehouse by the Boy Scouts from this truck in Maine was everything that this group needed by 12 o'clock. Every need was supplied for this group that was coming. God is appraised for all this. And you, Shade, stepped up. You live sent right here at this church, right in Tarrant, together supplying needs, loving these people. They went back home, talked to them this week. They're doing great. God's amazing God. Wow. You know, one of the things I love about that story is sometimes you need to say yes to what the Lord's doing before you have the plan in place. Sometimes you need to say yes and let God fill in the blanks. Tracy, you are in many ways our modern day George Mueller. We're grateful for you. If you don't know Tracy, go online, watch his Shade Stories. It'll knock your socks off. If you thought that story was great, he's got a million more on there as well. If you're grateful for Tracy Hips and the work he's doing in Christian Service Mission, put your hands together here. Thank you, Tracy. Well, we've talked a lot about what Shades is doing in the world, what it's doing in our continent, what it's doing in our city. But then in January, we asked this question, what can Shades do to live sin in our own community? We launched this whole community engagement ministry. And I want to just give you a small sampling of what God's been able to do through us, through our church, in just the last several months. First of all, let's talk about our first responders team. Our first responders team, to this point, has been able to pray for every Vestavia police officer by name, give every Vestavia police officer a policeman's by Bible. Many of the officers have been hosted in their own homes where they can share a meal with them, build relationships with them, and they've also touched every fire station in Vestavia Hills. Then we took it to our schools. You know, one of the big things we want to do is impact our schools with the love of Jesus Christ. We have actively been able to adopt two local schools, Vestavia Hills East Elementary and also Shades Mountain Elementary School, which is just across I-65 off Alford over there. And in this time, we've been able to encourage 
educators. We've been able to meet students' needs. We've been able to do large-scale landscaping projects and a lot more things. Uh, through this process and working with some of our local partners, it may surprise you to know that we found out that within a five, ten-minute drive of our church campus, there are dozens and dozens of students that don't have food on the weekends. They get free breakfast. They get free lunch during the school day. They don't have foods on Saturdays and Sundays. And so Shades is mobilized, and many of you have already helped out in this effort, and we are currently feeding 200 students every weekend at three of our area schools as part of our school's initiative. Then we talk about those that are walking through health crisis, and many of you are stepping up, and you're getting involved through groups like uh, the Forge Breast Cancer Survivor Group or UAB, helping to provide support to those that don't have a support network that live here locally. And then just in general, uh, several of you, you've noticed as neighbors move into your community, you're going to their front doors with a, a Shades new neighbor kit. And you're saying, hey, welcome on behalf of our family, welcome on behalf of our church, and we also want to invite you to experience God now that you live here in our little area over the mountain. Many of you were actually out at some of our community events where Shades had a presence as well. One of those was I Love America out at Walled Park, where of all things, we used a fidget spinner to share the gospel with a few hundred people in our community as well. All this, and it's just the tip of the iceberg, I'm telling you, of what God is doing. And can I just say this? It's not our staff that's doing this or an army of interns that's doing this. It's you that's answering the call and getting out there and saying, yes, I want to make a difference in my community for Jesus Christ. I want to make him known. Now, that's what's happening off campus. Just very quickly, I want to tell you what's happening on campus through community life ministry. We also have our kids camps that went all summer long, ministered to hundreds of kids, and at least 16 kids made first-time professions for Jesus Christ through that program. That extends into the school year with our After the Bell program, which is now um, at, at record capacity with a mile-long waiting list, trying to figure out what can we do to minister to more kids in the community. And, and several of you have asked, um, we have these great athletic facilities here and what do we do with those like that basketball court that's on the south end of campus you may not realize this that every single day our community life staff and volunteers are on that basketball court ministering to people that are there building relationships and inviting them through the doors of this church as well God is doing a great work in this community and he's using our church to do it and it's so exciting and so as we talk about that and all of these opportunities on Lift Sit Sunday, I want to invite Jeremy Graham to come to the stage as well to talk about what's your next step. Now, for those of you that don't know Jeremy, Jeremy's our missions pastor here for more than 15 years. He's been the tip of the spear to make a lot of this happen. If you're grateful for Jeremy, want to put your hands together and let him know about it. Thanks for everything you do, man. Thank you, Steve. Well, as you've heard this morning, um, there are so many ways that we can get plugged in here uh, and use our gifts and our talents and our abilities to live sent. Uh, as Danny shared this morning, we've got 32 Sin Cities as we work with the North American Mission Board, many of those that we currently have church plants in. I would encourage you to look at going on one of those. If you haven't been on a North American trip, uh, it's a great way to serve our church planners. It's a great way as a Sunday school class to get some folks out of your class to go and serve. Uh, those are typically three or four day projects and they're a great help to those planners serving in difficult situations as they start a new church. Also, uh, as you look at international opportunities, we're currently working on the 2018 calendar right now. We will have that up on the website uh, by late October to show you all the countries we will be serving in uh, next year, so be ready to look at that. I would point out uh, we have an immediate need coming up just after Christmas this year, first year week of January. 
uh, we will be helping to host a conference for our IMB missionaries who serve in Africa. That will be taking place in Madrid, Spain. And we need some folks that could go and help with childcare and hospitality services. Uh, we'll have close to 1,000 missionaries and their families coming in, and uh, we need some help with that. You can learn about that at the table out in the foyer. And when we dismiss in just a moment, uh, you will have the chance to go out and look at all of the opportunities that you've heard about this morning. You can go around the tables. We'll have sign-up sheets out there for you. Put your name on one of those sign-up sheets on as many of those as you have an interest in. That's not a commitment at this time to serve on those. That's a way for you to learn more. Someone will get in touch with you uh, where you sign up and give you more information, and you can find a way to serve and plug in. Absolutely. And so if you're wondering where to find your table, or you heard about something that you're interested in, under kind of our circle stained glass window over there, that's where the community ministries go. And it goes community, city, then on into continent, and then the world down at the uh, stairwell down to the second floor that there. All of those are right there on the third floor, right outside our main lobby doors there. I want to encourage you to go out and to experience that now.